You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with Envy and Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. In Peter Dinklage's uh, 2021 film, Cyrano, uh, his interpretation of Cyrano de Bergerac, the classic character, is uh, introduced by yelling at an actor about how his ego is too big uh, for his own good until that actor leaves the stage. And to that I say... Fucking woof. <laughs> Jeez, my dude. Self-awareness. <laughs> Hello, Spodzilla King of the Casters. Uh, I am your host, N.B. Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper did not sit in for this episode. He's uh, sleeping. He's, he died a big old yeah. walk. He's napping. But we're finally having a Cyrano episode. My... Heart, my soul, my Cyrano. Uh, Brandon has watched Cyrano for the first time now. This is the first time I've been uh, exposed to anything Cyrano related. Yeah. And um, it was very funny when, right before this movie started, Barrett let me know that in the original version, it was not that the actor, that the main character was like a little person. It was that they were a... They were just a regular guy with just a big nose. <laughs> yep. Like, like with the actor of like a prosthetic, like yeah. just a big old. Yeah, usually schnoz. like a prosthetic or like a, uh, in a more commedia dell'arte tradition, like a little masquerade mask with a long like El Capitano uh, nose. Uh, mm-hmm. The theater nerd stuff, but yeah. So do you? Okay, so so Peter Dinklage being that character and you know his stature being that version of his nose in this movie do you think that changes some of the theming of it i don't think so. i think that if anything it make it changing it from a big old schnoz to mm-hmm. to being something more like actually super stigmatized in the real world if anything changes it to something you have to almost take a little more serious like seriously uh like you have because the play Cyrano de Bergerac is a tragedy but it is it it is more known for its light funniness often uh like Mm -hmm. it's one of the most famous scenes and it's very badly reinterpreted as we haven't actually talked about our feelings on the film yet, but uh, <laughs> very badly reinterpreted in this uh, is so the most famous scene is Cyrano has someone makes fun of his nose and he pretty much says, "Oh, that is such an unoriginal joke," and has a long monologue making nose jokes, uh-huh. which Steve Martin does wonderfully in his version, Roxanne. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, so that's, uh, and here it's reinterpreted as, uh, just a rap battle. Epic rap battles of history. <laughs> Cyrano de Bergerac versus Random Lord. Whoa. The, the, 
versus the question of one of the three good singers in the world. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, God. So, so, okay, actual thoughts on the film. Okay, so going into this, so this is our 69th episode. We just chose it as a shit post. Exactly. Like, there's no. We're not doing this for any other reason than it is the 69th episode. And this does not follow Brandon any of it. Refused my idea to review one of the Chuck Tingle, one of the Chuck Tingle uh, erotic kaiju novellas. <laughs> that was what we could have had, folks. That's what he took from you. <laughs> but yes, I thought the you know Barrett's been hyping up Serrano for a while behind the scenes. So yeah, I, like, I will always hype up <laughs> Serrano. It's absurd. The movie is absurd. <laughs> so I was like, hey, this will be a fun time. Let's do it. So like, uh, I was going to. I was in. I think it was a Target, and I saw there was a fucking Blu-ray of Serrano, and I was like, well, it was a sign. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. I've seen Serrano and. This had s- some very funny moments. I don't know how much of this is that we're recording later than usual, but my energy is a little lower than usual from these. <laughs> but I do I do think there was some fun stuff in it, but I also was like, there's a there's some chasms between these. <laughs> I think I need to contextualize what going into Serrano was like uh, initially for me. Okay. To get why I hold it as such a funny film, unintentionally. Yes, the uh, the director's vision, correct? This is how the director so, see it. Serrano uh, was, you know, it was very hyped, getting a lot of award buzz, and it's, and it was, you know, like it got nominated for a couple, o- for an Oscar, a technical one, and stuff, and it's cast... All great actors coming off of great, of uh, big projects. Uh, this is like, I mean, Dinklage has done some small stuff since. Uh, well, he did tiptoes before this. Yeah, so that was his yeah, big. He's done some small stuff since Game of Thrones. I'm saying, but like, this is like, this was like the big leading man follow up, uh, and yeah. Haley Bennett had been on a roll recently in a lot of great stuff in small roles and Kelvin Harris Jr. Same. So like a lot of exciting people working with Joe Wright in a period piece and Joe Wright period pieces are usually famously pretty good. Uh, Pride and Prejudice is a great film. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, but, uh, so you got all this award buzz going and you're like, Oh my so, God, yeah, I've heard all this. this stuff. We're getting, and, I'm at Emerson, which is, uh, I, I'm in the one of Emerson's MFA programs, which is a huge film school. So we get a lot of early screenings of of big films. So I get in, I take, I fucking pretend I'm sick to get out of class to go see <laughs> Serrano. <laughs> and, so you're like, I need to see Serrano. This is. Yeah, I'm hyped for this. Lex is hyped for this. My friend Lex, who I've discussed on the pod before, I believe, uh, but is hyped hyped for this. Uh, We're in a packed, packed audience of people who are all here thinking we're going to love this movie. Like, this is our jam. Yep. 
And you could not have played, like, this movie could not have played to a more willing yeah, to make Yeah, we all got free audience. posters on the way in. <laughs> do, I've do got a full-size Serrano poster at home. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. And so we're all hyped. Uh-huh. And slowly realizing how bad the movie, like, being in a packed audience that's slowly turning <laughs> on the film... Yeah. Is like so fun. By the third act, everyone was losing their shit. Like, I think it was I would feel bad for anyone who actually worked on this movie who was who might have been in our audience. I don't think there was. We've had people we've had creators be in our audience before. Like everything everywhere all at once played early at Emerson. Really? Fucking packed theater. The Daniels were there. Holy shit. I remember one of my friends brought up when The Lighthouse came out. That, um... Yeah, Ari Aster probably did that. Uh, or, no, David Eggers. David Eggers is the one. When it was The Lighthouse, there was, yeah. um... The younger Lighthouse guy? Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson was at one of the screenings. Yeah, but, so, yeah, so, so like... crazy big thing. So I hope I, nobody was there. I, yeah, because... But. When Serrano, as his dying words, out of nowhere... <laughs> says uh, after being finally told by the woman he loves i love you and he responds and i love my bride my and then dies it brought the house <laughs> down in a way they did not intend <laughs> i love my pride giant pride flag behind him yeah. doo, 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 doo. god but it's so, like, that was just a special experience. The mm-hmm. lunacy. I think when people start, to, like, people are like, yeah, English can't really sing, but the production value is good and his acting is good. But I think people start to actually, like, turn on the film <laughs> during the letter three-way song. Uh, oh, yeah. In which Haley Bennett, the director's wife, I might add, playing Roxanne, Fucking keeps humping the bed as she thinks about the letters she's been written. Yep. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment of cinema. Yes. So we so <laughs> that's okay. So going knowing that, I could see more about why this. Because for in this environment, I was like, this is there's some funny moments here. But that brings it to a whole other level where it's like, that's a that's a core memory. <laughs> we're like in a hundred, well, probably a hundred something people. It's not that big of like a 50. theater. It's like, yeah, it's probably like a 50 person theater. You can And just everyone is just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. So we, we don't have a what that monster do, of course, other than my pride. <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> Wait, I'd say that Peter Dinklage's ego is the kaiju of this film because he pushed for this movie. He that pushed was, for it. That was the thing that blew my fucking mind. Is I'm watching this because I know I blind fucking. Only thing a bear told me was the three way song and a couple other things, but that was it. When they started, I knew the singing was a thing, and when they started singing, I knew nothing about Serrano, and I'm like, Barrett, was there singing in the original? And you said no, and I was yeah. like. Who chose to do that? And then you said, 
Peter Dinklage himself. <laughs> this was a thing that Dinklage pushed for to do a, for an, his because his wife, I believe, mm-hmm. had uh, or, or written and directed a musical version of Serrano for the stage mm-hmm. that uh, was. I think it, I heard from what I was reading, he was in that before. He yeah, says. it was. It was at like the National Theater, which is one of the big ones in London. Uh, okay, but and then. He pushed hard for the film adaptation and mm-hmm. of that musical, and so he's yeah. Which yeah, then that bada bing, there it is. <laughs> so then he comes in, and he is worst singer in the whole thing. It's a close. It's a, it's a close race to the bottom. It's a close race to the top of the three of the best, best singers, singers in the world. world. We'll get into that. <laughs> so the um throughout the movie, there's. The three main guy singers. Yeah, so there's like probably four... I'd say there are four major roles in this movie. Uh, like a gal. Yeah, there's Roxanne, who... Good singer. I'd say Haley Bennett's a good no, singer. She's, she's I don't think singer. any of her songs really capture the imagination. Like... Oh my god. Her... She is the siren. That the three best singers in the world circled around straight to death. Yeah, but like... She's a double agent. Like, it's... I think, literally, the only song she has that's memorable, and I think it's only because the movie beats it into your mind, because it's like one of... It, half of all songs in this are the same song, is the... I'd give anything for someone to say. Like... That song, that fucking song, I swear, half of the songs that play are that the original version or reprises <laughs> of that fucking song. Gotta keep it in the mind. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but like, yeah, but then Dinklage, horrible. <laughs> Kelvin Harris Jr., he's singing with a weird inflection that like, I feel like if... He might have been directed to do that, or if he, if he had had maybe a, a better music coach for prep work, mm-hmm. could have gotten that inflection out of him. Mm-hmm. So not not the worst singer, but that inflection definitely does not make him a good singer. Uh, oh. Ben Mendelssohn. <laughs> Ben Mendelsohn. Beautiful songs. It's music. Liquid honey. Or golden honey to the ears. Mendelssohn is just so ridiculous. It is. He speaks sing. His one song. I will destroy you. Yeah. Two, four, six, oh, one. (laughs) It's it's fucking Javert music. And I'm Javert. Do not forget my name. <laughs> Russell Crowe as Ben Mendelsohn as the evil lord. Our conspiracy theory was that because Peter Dinklage can't sing very well, they cast the other two to not be able to sing so well. Yeah, because it would not... Uh, yeah, because it would have drawn attention to how horrible of a choice it was to make Dinklage the lead in a musical. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's um yeah, we can start going into the the plot of this. <laughs> Where it's in a bar, it's uh it's in a theater. Uh, and Dinklage 
rap battles. So do. What we should? I don't think this one would be serviced by plot. What about just a, just broad strokes? Okay. How about there's like four things that put happen. three minutes on the clock. I'm gonna describe the entire plot of Serrano in three minutes or less. Go. Okay, so. Uh, Roxanne is a young orphaned, uh, rich lady, but she's actually kind of poor because she's orphaned. Uh, and, but the Duke, who is the brother to the king and next in line, uh, is very enraptured by her. And she's kind of, uh, doing, you know, uh, dating for dinner, uh, to get, to get what she wants, uh, by, uh, by, you know, going on dates with him. Uh, what, she's going to the theater this night and on the way to the theater, uh, she and Christian a new recruit uh, soldier in town, uh, see each other. An instant love, sparks fly. Christian has to run off, though, because he's uh, pickpocketed. Uh, at the theater... She points at him and goes, Thief! She does. That Oh, that's messing with my time. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> so, uh, at the theater, an actor takes the stage. Instantly, Serrano interrupts him from the rafters because Serrano has said, You suck. You should not be on the theater anymore. He comes down... Threatens to stab this man if he does not You're leave. You're two minutes. And then the guy leaves, and uh, Serrano uh, fucking... Uh, he, the guy leaves. Serrano gets in a fight with another lord after paying for everyone's tickets. Uh, kills the lord. It's a weird scene. It gets weirdly dark as he hushes this guy as he dies. Okay, end of act one. Uh, the duke uh, is incensed because Serrano killed that guy. So the duke sends ten guys to kill Serrano. Serrano beats them all. Then Serrano uh, has a meetup with Roxanne uh, where she tells him that she's in love with Christian. And could you get Christian to write me love letters? He helps Christian write her love letters. Uh, Christian then uh, helps... Uh, so... He helps Christian write her love letters. Uh, then Christian uh, tries to meet her in person uh, because it's going so well. That goes horribly. Serrano stands behind a hedge while Christian, uh, whilst pretending to speak for Christian uh, so that Christian uh, can, in person, quote-unquote, uh, seduce her. Then that goes well. He, uh, One minute. Christian, Christian kisses her, uh, but then uh, Duke says, uh, I'm going to sexually assault you uh, tonight, uh, or we're going to get married. She marries Christian instead. Then Duke shows up. He's so angry, he sends Serrano and Christian to the front lines, where Serrano secretly writes Roxanne every single day. Then Christian, uh, then Duke sends them into, bat into a battle they're going to die in. Christian dies. Serrano lives. Three years later, Roxanne has taken to a convent. She's not seconds. a nun. Uh, but then Serrano comes to visit her. He's dying of his war wounds. Uh, he admits he loves her. She admits she loves him. He dies of his wounds. The end! My pride. <laughs> you did it. 17 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but totally yeah, I could. Whew. Look at that. So that is... That's Serrano. Yeah. So there... Yeah, there's a really creepy song. And the funniest thing is that during the... Uh, when they're all, like, in the war, there's a bunch of, like, extras that sing. Yeah, they have a song that is better... <laughs> than anything else significantly and it's not like the i don't think the quality of the music has gone up i think it's just they let three people who can actually sing sing and yeah. then the whole army sings and they're all good yeah it's just <laughs> the three best singers in the world the three best singers in the world <laughs> We're all that remains. Yeah. They're the last of their kind. They're, this was a joke Baird I had going is that um, Serrano 
<laughs> the Duke. The, the Duke and the Lover yeah. were the three only, they were like the last like a dying tribe where they were the last three of the good singer clan. <laughs> and then uh, the, the wench with her siren voice ushers all of them to the plains of death. <laughs> Ending the species. Oh, the the evil three lords people still are alive. Three, yeah. three of any species group is well below replacement level, Barrett. Especially they when they're all male. The, they can't go past the generation. <laughs> <laughs> Their only hope was to crossbreed with the wench, and she foiled all of their attempts. <laughs> their species will die. <laughs> <laughs> God. The only one that's left is uh the, is Duke. the Duke, and in the last good singer, uh, the sequel to this, uh, the siren finds the Duke in in a space hut way out in the woods, and he terribly sings, "Go away, Serrano two coming soon." Serrano two, the last good singer, yeah. in cinemas near you. God, uh, okay. So, what other crazy stuff from the movie do we want to talk about? The fucking rap battle. <laughs> the rap battle is bad. It, I thought there was going to be a boom, shh, boom, boom, boom. Shh. It gets so close to it. The score is like Renaissance version of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. They're like rhyming every word and they're like fighting with their swords and they're like, doth how I think you're a poopy. Thing is that and I think this is a thing about Dinklage's ego as well. None of the... So, the thing... Well, I said in the, about the original, all the jokes are about Serrano's nose. Yes. Uh, that, he, that he makes in his monologue making fun of himself. Mm -hmm. Dinklage keeps the insults about himself vague. Mm -hmm. Like, just, I'm ugly, I'm ugly, I'm ugly. Yeah. Instead of about the height. And I think that that, you know, obviously, I get that. I, if I had, if I were in any way a from a stigmatized group, I might, well, I mean, I am. From well, it's a good thing you're not. <laughs> cis woman. <laughs> Famously cis woman. Famously. But we were like, just joking with you, folks. We were just yeah, kidding. I've, I've been a cis woman the whole time. This whole time. <laughs> fucking with you uh but yeah uh so but yeah so like i i get why uh not everyone would be cool making jokes about their stigmatized aspect mm. obviously but also if you're adapting this very famous speech mm -hmm. from the character to be about you about your stigmatization mm -hmm. You, if you're gonna do the speech, if you're not just gonna cut that scene, mm -hmm. you need to make the jokes about your stigmatization. I... That's right, Peter. You say it. No, that. <laughs> Whoa. But like, Chair just fell I don't know. Like, if I had to do a Serrano speech, I'd make a bunch of Fallout New Vegas jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that I'm a Fallout New Vegas player, and I sided with the Legion. I know. How dare you? Is that a thing? Is siding with the Legion a trans thing? Oh no, that's a fascist thing. Oh god. 
Uh, Mr. Siding with Mr. House is like the libertarian route. Yeah. Most people either go independent Vegas or NCR that I can think of. Okay. Le- like, if you go Legion unironically, it's like, because they're literally like the Roman Empire. Yeah. What if you like, do it ironically? Well, then, as we know from current political spectrums, if you do, if you say you're doing it ironically, then we're good. Peter Dinklage is a good actor in this movie. Yeah, any scene where it, he doesn't sing, he's good in. He's he's a good actor. Like he's a very good actor, and it's like he, you know, this is a meaty role to work with. Like you have so much interesting stuff you can do with it. Yeah, it's, like he's good in it. If you just like. You know what? You know what? A better movie about someone having to work through their own low self-image uh, in order to try and find love is the Full Monty. The Full Monty, great film, great British film about male strippers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tiptoes. <laughs> no. I thought, you were, I, mean, I thought yes. you were completely going there. Well, I mean, Tiptoes is a great movie. <laughs> I will stand by that. It might be my favorite movie of the year it came out. <laughs> so, Full Monty. I've heard the term, you've gone Full Monty. Does that make sense? Yeah, that means going a full frontal, a man going full frontal nude. Like in, like in a strip show? Yeah, like, yeah, like doing the Full Monty is going full frontal nude in a strip show or... It can be adapted to mean in other contexts, but Full Monty's a great film about like a bunch of out of work, like schlubby const- uh, steel mill workers. It, or I, don't, I don't remember if it's steel, like just mill workers in England who like they uh, to try and make money. Uh, they realize how much like the Chip and Dale shows are making. So is this like modern day? Yeah, it was like a 90s movie. Okay, I don't yeah. know why I thought it was like Victorian era. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. the mill ran out! No, they got like the, the suspenders. <laughs> yeah, so they have to like... It's a market. It's actually a very funny, very touching film about them working over their, you know, poor self-image because they're like all, they're old or fat or mm-hmm. what have you and like getting the courage to strip naked in front of an audience. It's a really good movie. It's... Robert Baratheon is the second lead in it. Fucking Baratheon? Yes. Baratheon. Yeah, Robert Baratheon. Baratheon. I'm sticking by this. It's Baratheon. It's Baratheon. No, it's not. It's Barath, like wrath, because they all have high tempers. It's Wraith, you know like Wraith, because they're all ghostly, okay? <laughs> they're all dead by the end. So it's got to be a Wraith. <laughs> if Ed- Edric Storm became legitimized, <laughs> the Baratheon line will continue. It, it, oh, God, you're not even going to call him Gendry? That's how <laughs> far in this you are? You're calling him Edric instead of Gendry? That's... That's the one that'll be good. <laughs> well, I think Arya probably impregnated him by the last <laughs> season. So. He has a bastard in his belly. <laughs> Is it Shrek? <laughs> you have a you have a stark bastard in your belly. <laughs> Edric Baratheon. He's just feeling his stomach. Name. What's that doing in my swamp? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
business. <laughs> oh, storm's end gonna not gonna end the storm that's coming in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I want my play that back. Okay, now it's just becoming fat bastard, but <laughs> it's about the same. Yeah. <sighs> but Cyrano, like the production of it's good. It costume design looks good. There's a cool shot where it's uh, above the water and you can see everyone dancing. And I'm like, that's neat. I said at one point they really should have just gotten one of the Hamilton guys for this. Yeah, they probably should have. Uh, but also, uh, I will say there's a fight scene that's supposed to be really cool because it's like a one-take, ten-on-one sword fight. Mm -hmm. But it's not because it's not convincing at all. Because it looks... To make Peter Dinklage win against these ten dudes, it just looks so contrived. Like, and there are ways you could do that, but they didn't have good fight choreography. Like, honestly, if you want to make it so Dinklage is this great warrior, you need to make him fight to his physical advantages. Find a way, like, an ingenious way, like, a way you can block it where his height becomes an asset. Yeah, like he can, yeah. you know, duck and then someone slashes yeah. someone else. And... Yeah, or, or like, you know, if he's more, if you were more like low to the ground brawl style, like just if you were like, you know, tackling a guy around the legs and stuff like that, just there is, there is a way you could still block this to be believable, uh, but or at least believable within the confines of a movie magic. Yeah, but like. They just didn't, because they, they blocked him as if it were a fight between two, uh, between a bunch of same height people, which, mm. is, like, height is a fight advantage. That's why they list it in boxing matches. Like, yeah. And if you don't, and if you, if you don't have that height, you need to fight differently. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, why did he even think about that? <laughs> it's so fucking dumb and unrelated to anything else. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready this is the massive tangent. Okay. So my brain, because sometimes when we're talking, my brain just kind of connects things together, right? Loops it in. Yeah. It's often how I come up with fun, like recurring things. Mm -hmm. I go, "Ooh, I'm going to put this back in this." Yeah. So, in my brain, <laughs> Edric being pregnant. <laughs> And, oh, height and weight for boxing just had me, like, in my brain. Is he just, a good boxer? Just, no, just made me make the connection of, like, what if, what if someone who's a boxer intentionally got pregnant so they'd go up a weight class? Imagine the reach. The reach. So, you see, let me get straight. It doesn't make it, sense. It'd be easier. The, the pure absurdity of the connection it'd be, is why I needed to describe it. It'd be easier to get pregnant to go up a weight class <laughs> instead of just putting on weight, <laughs> just eating a couple more meals. 
Well, just imagine if you had like a big belly. <laughs> It'd be really hard to grapple. <laughs> Is that the episode? <laughs> Do we have more we want to say about Toronto? <laughs> I think the mountain fighting was weird. Uh, I think it's mostly weird because they we don't actually see a fight. Yeah, they just go. Aah! They charge towards the front line like it's fucking. The lover immediately dies. Yeah, like he dramatically bang. runs off up to a hill and is shot instantly. You see, if he was up a weight class because he was pregnant, then that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, God. <laughs> ultra heavyweight. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, uh, in the original play. Uh, Serrano isn't wounded at war. Uh, he does die, but it's because a piece of firewood falls on his head. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You know, like a complete accident. Yeah, it's just a complete accident. Like, like what? Like after the three years? Yeah, so the final act does take place uh, in the future. And like, he just, he has an accident. It's like, oh, he's... Probably gonna die tonight. Uh, this is—it's not looking good, and everyone come. But his final line is "My pride." It's a lot better. It's, "I love my panache," which is actually something that's a heavy through line throughout the play. What's a panache? Okay, so panache is like your bravado, essentially. Okay. So it's like. So, like, the fact that he's full of bravado is a major thing. And, like, mm -hmm. the play is written in a way where he's not actually that in love with Roxanne. It's more just he's got everything in life except for some sort of great romantic conquest. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, a harm to his, to his pride or panache. Okay, so he's doing yeah. it basically... He's, he's living through this lover surrogate to experience yeah. that or something. Yeah, because it nods at him that that's, like, the one part of being, like, the classic perfect hero that he can't have. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's less about Roxanne than it is about about his pride. About my pride. Yeah. yeah. It, but, like, that's the problem. This production plays it too... Plays him as too, like, wholly in love with Roxanne in a really convincing way. Yeah. That, like, it's because Dinklage is acting as if he's actually in love in Ro with Roxanne. And Dinklage is a really good actor. So you get it. <laughs> yeah. That's like, what the connection you make. But yeah, that's, so, that's Serrano. That is Serrano. He also becomes friends with the other greatest the uh, the other greatest singer in the world left in the final act. In the play, they become buddies. Yeah, like it's like the Duke is like cooled down, and he's like, and they're like, ah, we're friends now in our old age. Wow. Like, which is, see, that's the thing about old plays, is that like, dudes could be shit and still get a happy ending in them. And, like, not in a critical of systems that exist, which just in a, oh, wow, they, they really did not take 
sexual assault seriously back then because uh, oh, is, the is that in the play about the yes I'm going to not if I get yeah, there and... yeah wow yeah the world used to suck it still does but it used to too <laughs> uh, but yeah so don't want to go out on that note so instead Imagine, uh, could you pull, could I pull something up on Google real quick? It won't, I don't have the audio thing on there. Well, I'm not gonna watch something, but use the keyboard. Cyrano. Instead, we're going out like this. What does it feel like to slow dance in the sunlight? With someone you love. Somebody who sees you and won't ever leave you alone. Whatever comes. I need someone to die for, write poems and cry for, and I won't be ashamed. I'm nobody's pet, no one's wife, no one's woman, and I won't play that game. Now the chorus, come on, together. I'd give anything for someone to say That they can't live without me And be there forever I'd give anything for someone to say That no matter how bad it gets They won't turn away from me See, we're back up to three best singers in the world. Exactly, we're at three. We were the missing tribe. <laughs> they, they will they will survive. All right. See you next week, folks. See you next week. Catch you then.